0: Eight in a row. Eight in a row again for your Phoenix Suns. It's not the first time they've done that this season. But it, tonight, playing the Utah Jazz in one of those rare home-and-home situations. Right? I mean, they played the Utah Jazz, a depleted Jazz team, on Monday and beat them by six points. And then they go up to Utah and play them in Utah with a team that's, I wouldn't say, completely revitalized. I mean, they're, they're down Rudy Gobert. They're down Donovan Mitchell, but they've returned four other people. You got Mike Connolly. You got Joe Ingles back. You got Royce O'Neill back. Uh, you got Bo- Bojan Bogdanovich back. So a team that's a lot more potent comes back. And, Matthew, it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Suns win.
1: <laughs> a little rock reference there. It doesn't matter, and honestly, it's is it getting old, this winning stuff? I'm just Hell this no. Is, this is insane. Um, You know, tonight— Suns usually win these games easily. I think the Jazz definitely helped the Suns in the end by just not preparing themselves to actually try to win a game in the end. And the Suns just took it from them. But the Jazz with some bad plays in the end, helping the Suns out.
0: Well, and you know, the, the Suns force those bad plays. I mean, that's what it comes down to. They put themselves into the position to be successful. Chris Paul with eight thirty left in the fourth or yeah, in the fourth quarter, draws the fourth foul, a shooting foul on the Utah Jazz, and then from there it becomes kind of the Chris Paul show. <laughs> where he is pretty much just going, you know what? I'm going to be the guy who's going to score and I'm going to create contact and I'm going to put our, my team in a position to win. So when those moments come, ultimately that's what he can do. And, you know, we saw it again tonight, Mm -hmm. Chris Paul, you know, the, the narrative never gets old. It's Chris Paul in the fourth quarter. Uh, but obviously, you know, tonight belonged to Devin Booker. So, uh, definitely plenty to talk about on this edition of the sun's jam session podcast. So if this, by chance happens to be the first time that you've ever joined us at the Suns jam session podcast you know welcome welcome aboard you know ho- hope you hope you like the Phoenix Suns cuz that's what we're going to be talking about here hey. subscribe why you know why, why just hit that little subscribe button while you're here you know why not hit the hit the share button or whatever you want to do <laughs> thank you for coming up hit thumbs up do all that fun stuff we truly appreciate it uh if you're listening subscribe rate review do all of that fun stuff uh, but we're here to talk about the eighth straight victory for the Phoenix Suns, and now as they ho- as they post a record of thirty-eight and nine, the best start in Phoenix Suns history ever.
1: Oh, that calls for a V eight.
0: Ooh, pop that V eight if you That's got an it, it apparently calls for, chance. Man. That's to- <laughs> a
1: way to celebrate right
0: there, dude. Yeah, get you got to get those veggies in. I get it. I get. It. Well, I'm gonna pop open a, a Coors Light because. That's how um, you really cholester- do it. Cholesterol. <laughs> <laughs> I <love> it, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> Gluten, I don't know, but uh, cheer, Suns fans. Pop them if you got them. <laughs> Let's talk about another win for your Phoenix Suns, baby. Yes, 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 back to back against the Utah Jazz and the Phoenix Suns once again come out on top. And now are 38 and 9, which is just really, really kind of crazy. But I'll I'll throw this one at you.
2: Matthew, I gotta ask.
0: Matthew, I gotta ask. When our boy, Big Dick Booker, scored 21 (laughs) points in the first quarter, 21. Mm-hmm. for bdb did you think he was going for 50 tonight or, i think there, that
1: every night and are you okay with him just going for 43 you know what i was interested to see the post game show with the espn because i think they made a bit of push-ups 45 under over so i wanted to see how that really worked out because i think kendrick perkins actually chose the over so he should be doing some push-ups right now i don't know how they do that halftime show really awkward to watch but um I think this all the time, but I think as a Suns fan, now you just get used to the 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 Devin book or the first quarter book where he's gonna score at least 20 points. That's his goal. 20 points he's in rhythm. And I don't really think too far ahead anymore with how many points he's gonna get. Of course, national nationally televised, you're, these these guys are gonna be talking about can he go 50? Can he get 60? They're gonna be going off the charts, like trying to get each other to do push-ups over it. But really as Suns fans, we have to know like now this is just the way it is, right? 20 points and then whatever happens after that is good enough because you know, other guys can contribute in the end.
0: Yeah. And you know, we talked about it a little bit in, uh, on our last podcast. Cause I mean, Devin's on a tear right now and I didn't watch the ESPN broadcast. I was watching the, uh, the Valley sports, Arizona pod or podcast. <laughs> Did I say national podcast? Yeah. Broadcast. Sorry, <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, but but as uh, Orjav Bruce says in the chat, you know Booker Booker early, Paul late, how it works. Mm-hmm. And watching the home feed, one thing that Eddie Johnson said at the beginning of the third quarter when Devin Booker, you know, did the same thing that he did, like we mentioned on the last pod, he he goes off in the first quarter. He's second in the league in total first quarter points. He's fifth in the league in total third quarter points. In you know per on a per game average in the league this year, Eddie Johnson's like Devin's wired and he's been wired for these past, you know, ever since, you know, pretty much Toronto, when even though he was he only scored 16 points in the game but definitely got a lot of national recognition for the uh, instances that occurred in that game, he's been wired, and he's been on a tear recently. And, I mean, you look at it, I think halftime, Devin Booker had like 35, and the team had 65. You know, not necessarily sustainable, but even in Utah, a place that definitely has a higher elevation than Phoenix, Arizona, he didn't appear to be tired. And after he scored that twenty-one, I got to thinking. I go, you know what? Two years ago, we lost Kobe Bryant, and Devin Booker said, "I'm not Kobe Bryant." The only people who you know are or who are still calling me Kobe Bryant are on their mama's couches. Well, we're not on our mama's couches. Uh, we are in their not, offices doing podcasts. Not, not again. Maybe we're pretty soon. soon. Who knows?
1: <laughs> <laughs> you never know how the world. Uh, oh taking take you, you know, but
0: but at the same time. Devin was legendary you know he he it wasn't lost on him what happened two years ago today the emotions Mm -hmm. that he had to navigate as somebody who idolized Kobe Bryant and lost him with the rest of us that day and I think that he was kind of in that zone he was in that that you know not the mob mentality zone because he because he doesn't like to be referred like that but you know he was in that zone that Devin can get in sometimes and it's efficient booker. You know, again, 43. You know what? I don't even know why I haven't done this. This is a damn near shame. Big Dick Booker. When you play like that, you get a drop like that. I mean, that's just how it goes. Uh, but, again, you look at his first quarter tonight, 21 points on 8 of 11 shooting, uh, 3 for 4 from deep. Uh, or, I'm sorry, 1 for 3 from deep, 4 for 5 from the free throw line he also had uh six assists you know in Mm -hmm. his final stat line 43 points on 28 total shots taken 16 of them made uh two for six from deep nine for 11 from deep and he added 12 rebounds as well I mean Devin Booker you know we talked about it a little bit and and we continue to you know why does CP3 get no MVP love right I kind of I've talked about the odds and where Devin Booker is he's 10th on the list at plus what 4500 you know at what point does he get mentioned with the MVP odds? And again, I know it's a facetious argument because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter about that award. It matters about winning the finals MVP award. Okay, I preface all that. But the recent tear he's on, doing it again tonight on national television, which no one on the East Coast watched because it was late game and it was against Utah. They don't give a shit. Yeah. Yeah. You know? uh, yeah.
1: Why doesn't he get mentioned more as an MVP? You know, it's tough, but honestly, if – We've been watching Booker obviously for forever. Um, I don't think he's ever really played this way, though. I mean, we've always talked going into each season how are these players going to improve? Of course, the young guys around him, like you can improve, you can think of things that Mikael, DeAndre Aiden, and Cameron Johnson can do, right? Booker, it was kind of like a leadership thing. Can he be a better leader? He's already been, been better. We were like, the three point shot will never know, we'll really never know if he'll get the three point shot back. He has. But also like the way he's just controlling his games. You talked about Kobe Bryant. It is Kobe esque. It, it just it is because last game thirty five attempts, thirty three points. That's Kobe Like this game, even though he's missing shots in the land at the end of the third and the fourth a little bit, it doesn't matter. You want him to continue to shoot. That's like that's rooting for a Kobe like performance and i know he has cp3 to help him in the end and i know like cameron johnson mikhail bridges will grab the most important boards of the game to give them another chance on offense and close out the jazz but you just you're rooting for booker to take over the game it's a different kind of style now and it has to happen right without deandre deandre eight yeah deandre Ayton and jay crowder john drayton <laughs> like the they, you have to have that focus on him offensively, and he's owning it, and he's doing it in a way where he's very comfortable with it. None of it's really rushed. Even like when he gets the ball back for a second chance, when he's trying to get forty points before half, you know he's trying to get or uh, before the third quarter ends, yeah, or whenever, whenever he's trying to get forty points in the game, <laughs> he he just he'll. He'll get the ball back, and it's like, oh, he's going to shoot it and be selfish. Like That that would maybe be something I would say in the past. But right now, I'm just like, no, get it. Find your shot again, because that's how good he is to go right to his spot. The Utah Jazz defensively were awful tonight, letting Chris Paul and Devin Booker get to exactly wherever they wanted to go to get their shots. So when you're playing a team like that defensively, which a lot of these teams in the league can't control what Booker and Chris Paul do, you're just going to say, like, no, get the board. Yeah, second chance, shoot it again. If you get it again, find your spot again and shoot it. It's not a selfish thing. These guys around him, too, they're rooting for him. Like, after Booker gets 21, the, the look on the face in the first quarter, look on the face of Mikael Bridges. It's just like, this is awesome. Like, this is we're rooting for him to keep shooting the ball. It's a different kind of game, and it has to happen mostly because of the injuries and the guys that are missing. Well, and – we've we've seen devin
0: booker play like this but not in winning efforts you know i mean that's the the thing that for longtime suns fans we've oh, yeah. watched devin booker throughout his career play like this where he gets in these zones where he can just, you know, he's in Fuego. He's on fire. Uh, shout out to the He's on Fire podcast. Uh, Coach Evan B. was at the game as he lives in Utah, and he'll be going yeah. live a little bit later. So if you if you need your son's content after this this podcast ends, go check out the He's on Fire podcast, because I know he's doing a late one as he's safely navigating his, his family home from that game. But seeing Devin Booker, as you mentioned, you know, it, it's not a selfish way that he's playing. We've seen him in the past play selfishly because he was the best offensive threat that this team had. Uh, and, and the only one, you know, he's still the best, but he's not the only one there's instances in the game where, yeah, I wish there was a little bit more or less ISO book. You know, I feel like what allowed mm-hmm. him to, to get to that 35 points in such an efficient manner in that first half was his uh, the flow of the game. You know, he was really engaged in the offense. And that's what led him to go 10 for 15 in the first half. And I'm sorry, he had 26 points in the first half, but 10 for 15 in the first half. Uh, I think he had 35 after, after three in, in the fourth quarter it was just a lot of ISO book. And I'm just going to start chucking up shots. And, mm-hmm. uh, and that's, I think what kind of cost him 50, if it was more flow of the offense and not everyone just sitting around being be like, Hey, we're just gonna let book do book, you know, yeah. good things, you know, good things are going to happen, but great things still happen because they, they beat the jazz, uh, by a total of seven or what, th- uh, five, five points, seven points. I
1: can't even, seven, I, I don't seven. know. What do we have? Se- yeah. Seven eight. points, eight points. Eight, eight <laughs> points. God, <laughs> fuck eight. You, Matt. Let's fuck go. you, Matt. Let's
0: go. Let's <laughs> go. Uh, you know, and again, I just think that wh- what we're witnessing right now, this little span is very special, not only for the Phoenix suns, but for mm-hmm. Devin Booker, you know uh he has the most 40 point, Forty-plus point games in Suns franchise history with sixteen. Uh, he has the most thirty-plus point games in Phoenix Suns history with like one hundred twenty-seven. Number two on the list is is Walter Davis, and he had ninety. You know, so I mean, it's uh. M- Monty said in the post game, he's like, it's laughable on on where Devin Booker is as an All Star in All Star voting, and yeah, uh, you know, Carlos Miramon said it in our chat via Facebook. Thank you for watching on Facebook. He goes, he's making a statement. Go ahead and put soft legs Thompson in the All-Star Game ahead of Big Dick Booker. Thompson's now Mm -hmm. a poor man's Devin Booker. What
1: do you think of that? Yeah. No, it makes sense. And I think it's going to, of course, Clay Thompson, one of my favorites, it's going to take time for him to get back. The way Booker's been playing, though, he's kind of like he hit Thompson at a a point in his career to where even if Thompson was playing, Booker would have surpassed him by now, right, being the better two guard. Um, But you were talking about, too, how Booker, like he – He maybe was shooting too much tonight, a little bit. But the thing is, like, I don't, it's hard to adapt, I think, for a player like Booker, where he's not really the playmaker I thought he would end up being. When you're playing with a bunch of randos really for the first time, and they're not really randos, but you know, these lineups are so interchangeable around him. The only player I feel like in the league that can adjust to that and continue to play team ball is Chris Paul, right? he's like the only player that can really just be like, all right, we're going to do the same stuff. And if you're not where you were supposed to be on the timeout or else when I'm going to foul somebody so I can come up to you and tell you what the hell to do the next play. So I think Chris Paul's the only one that can adjust to that. And Devin Booker, he can turn the switch back on, you know, how LeBron James can turn on that playoff switch and get swept or whatever in the first round. I, I think that Booker can do that whenever Deandre Ayton comes back and they have like their whole unit, their whole squad. He can still play team ball it's not like this is going to be a fad that's going to go in past the all-star break right when they're all healthy.
0: Well, yeah, this is what the team needs right now to be successful is Devin Booker averaging over his last seven games, 32.6 points per game. That's what they need right now. When the team yeah. is healthy, that drops back down to his normal 24 points a game. And those other points come from different members of the team. And, and it's a more offensive style of play, a, a holistic, complete offensive style. But right now, he's going into Kobe mode. He's going into Jordan mode. He's going into, I'm going to carry this team to victory. And uh, that is ultimately going to allow this team during this segment of the season to be successful. You know, that's what a regular season in is. It's chapters. It's different chapters in the season. Had we lost tonight, it would not have been the end of the world. It would have been, hey, you know, okay, a streak ended. Uh, we have a bunch of people down. But Devin Booker wasn't going to allow that to happen. You know, this is a team that he plays very, very well with. I think they said it on the Suns broadcast. He'd scored 25 or what what was it? Let me look it up real quick. I have it right in front of me because I wrote the recap for Bright Side of the Sun. So if you go to brightsideofthesun.com, you can actually check it out. Uh, But I added this in because I heard the stat. It was the third career 25-plus point half in Devin Booker's career against the Jazz. He's done it. He's done it three times. He scored twenty five plus points and a half against the Jazz alone. It's a team that he just owns. He knows that when he sees, when he's standing uh, on the court, and especially if you're up in Utah, you know, and he's looking at that gradient, that piss health gradient court. That if you look at that court, you can tell if your (laughs) urine is like that color yellow. You're like I'm dehydrated. If it's red, you're like I need to go to the fucking Doctor, you got cancer. You know? Yeah, you got. Here. Yeah, it's like something bad's going on. And when Sorry. he when he when he sees the Jazz on the other side of the court, he's ready to go. For some reason, that's just one of those teams
1: that he owns, right? No, it is, and usually what it has to do with, right, is maybe Donovan Mitchell. That's the thing. The comparison between those two, a little bit of it. I mean, I'm sure like he has this way, even in today's game. And maybe he's been doing this the last few where he's talking to the fans a lot more and talking to the sideline reporters or whatever and just talking shit. Yeah, he's having I fun. think he could do that more with these Jazz fans because they're closer. I feel like they're more on the court, kind of like a Pacers kind of style of arena. And it just seems to be like they're more involved. And I think Booker really feeds off oh, of that. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the Utah crowd. They're notorious, notorious mm. for being chirpers.
0: And Devin Booker was chirping right back choipas. at him tonight. He was, they, they're a bunch of choipas. Uh, Iverson vlogs in the chat. I hope Rudy Gobert enjoyed watching his favorite player.
1: <laughs> Dude, that, that was a talk of today. You turn on the radio, any kind of, ra- any radio station podcast is about Rudy Gobert wanting to be a son or something. Yeah. Whatever, right. Because or just, of,
0: or, or passively aggressively calling out Donovan Mitchell for not playing defense. Cause that's the other thing I will notice yeah. about today. Mm-hmm. Devin Booker, as great as he was on offense, played some really solid defense. There's some things you can't stop, right? If you get one on one with Jordan Clarkson, he shoots a three. Devin Booker played great defense on him and it would still go in. I mean, the guy went, what, six for 12 from deep and had yeah. 26 points? He was yeah. their offense tonight. And that's just what Jordan Clarkson does. But his hustle on defense, you know, go on Twitter, watch some of the videos. People will point him out. It's like, listen, Devin Booker, yeah, he scored 43, but check out what he did here on this defensive play the hustle, fighting through screens. Shot deterrence at the rim, all in the same play, and he's still dropping 43. the And that's why again it was so impressive to me the energy that he had throughout this entire game. Uh considering he's playing both sides of the ball, and they were in Utah, where it is elevated, and, and players are known to lose their legs. You know, and again, you know, he has the great first three quarters, and then it's fourth quarter time, and you know what that means. And you just you, you could see it coming. You could see it coming, man. Chris Paul, that fourth quarter, uh, he goes and enters the quarter with six points. And in the fourth quarter, he goes five for seven from the field, including one for one from deep, four for six from the free throw line, uh, has zero assists, but 15 points. So Devin <laughs> Booker carries this team to the fourth quarter. Uh, and do you know, here, here's, I don't know if you noticed it, but do you know who the second leading scorer was And uh, entering the fourth quarter behind Jalen, or I just gave it away. <laughs> behind, <Jaylen Smith. laughs> behind behind, Jalen Smith. Was, Smith? was it Sticks? Sticks was the second leading scorer. What was it, like six
1: points from him or what? Uh, I mean, first, it was all very for the,
0: Through the first three quarters, he had eight points. You had, Mikael okay. had six, Cameron had five, Bismack had six, Paul had six, mm-hmm. Ish had six. Good for Ish, by the way two for two from D yes. Uh, yeah. So, you know, he drags him to the fourth quarter and then they're CP three ready and waiting. you know, I, I, I can almost like just put on anything that we've said over the last like year in the fourth quarter and play it. Cause I feel like we just repeat ourselves. <laughs> Tell me what you saw from Chris Paul in
1: the fourth quarter, Matthew. Oh boy. Well, it's a lot of the same, but I think the jazz really didn't know how to play Chris Paul or even Devin Booker. They, they let the door wide open for Chris Paul to get wherever he wanted. Like, I understand like him getting to his spots and maybe hitting the fade away over a big, maybe someone that's actually guarding him when he when he rears. He he was in the paint a few times I got a few layups because they just let him in there. They thought there was help defense from um your your boy uh Whiteside. And it, no, no, he's not even there. He's like looking at the rim, waiting for him to shoot it most of the time. So when that's happening, man, this makes it even easier for Chris Paul. But the way Chris Paul played The defense played people on his butt, you know, just riding them into the paint or them riding Chris Paul into the paint, having him, letting him do whatever he wanted to do. That was just, that was massive. That was a thing where you don't see that too much from Chris Paul, but it maybe just was the thing tonight with the Utah Jazz defense and how bad they were. And of course, zero assists, who cares? It doesn't matter. This It's Chris Paul. It's Devin Booker trying to win the game for the Suns, you know? Cameron Johnson's not really there. He hit a big three in the end, kind of, but there's no one else there to help you offensively. So if I'm the Jazz, is there double teams? Is there anything else that you might want to throw at Chris Paul or Devin Booker? Is you want to play them a little bit? I'm in a while. I'm not complaining. No, no, I'm just no, saying but... they let it. They let them do whatever the hell they want. And Chris Paul and Devin Booker have this down to you know a T or getting yes. where they want to get because this is what we talk about all the time. So they must know hey, this is where they're going to go, and they just let them do it.
0: But here's the difference. You know, uh, Floppy Sox says, it's funny how dudes leave CP3 open in the mid-range. Do they really uh, expect him to miss those, kind of to your point? And and here's, you know, I was thinking about this today. I was listening to uh, the Into the Valley podcast, which is kind of, it's the podcast that replaced us on the Bright Side of the Sun podcast network. Mm -hmm. And they do, they have great content. And they were talking about, uh, you know, pick and roll defense. And that's what the sun's run in that fourth quarter. And they run it all the time. They run the pick and roll. And you pretty much have three options on defense. You can switch to where the big guy goes on the little guy. You know, the, they can uh, blitz it to where the two defenders, both blitz Chris Paul, or they can drop. Right. And I think that the way that the sun's the the majority of time, a lot of teams will either switch or they'll drop. Okay. Uh, And because when you drop, what you're doing is you're allowing the opposition to take the most uh, unsexy shot in basketball and one that doesn't have the best percentage. That's the mid range. And the majority of the NBA, the way that they execute the pick and roll offense is, you know, they're they're either going to, you know, drive, kick to a wide open three point shooter. They're going to try to get that pass to the interior roller. Uh, but they're, the majority of NBA offenses don't take the mid-range shot. So if you're the Utah Jazz, and I know this is a bad example to use this in the case of playing the Utah Jazz, considering we played them two nights ago, but for a typical team, your natural instinct, because it's how you're taught to play and what you see every night when you play defense in the NBA, is to drop and let that guy take a, a 12 to 19-footer. Be my guest. Please do. But that's where the Suns destroy you. So teams just don't necessarily know how to defend it. That's what made it a little bit tougher. Like the NBA finals, the jazz as or the jazz, the, the bucks besides Giannis Antetokounmpo going ungodly and scoring and, and being just unbelievably unstoppable. They got a lot better at defending that pick and roll and not allowing the Suns to take those, those high percentage mid range shots. They, they, force the sons to pass out of those situations to, and, and they're like, listen, if you're going to beat us, it ain't going to be Chris Paul. It ain't going to be Devin Booker. You need cam Johnson, Mikhail bridges, you know, and you saw like Mikhail had a good game in the finals for that reason, because he had a lot of more, a lot more opportunity. So on a game to game basis, you're not going to necessarily see a lot of teams play that de- play that type of defense well, and that's why the Suns are so successful at it. The key is to when we get to the NBA Finals, you know, I'm not even talking about the playoffs; I'm talking about the finals again, round two. Mm-hmm. We just need to execute and have other solutions that make that 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 hurt a defense to the point where they have to think even more.
1: Yeah, and there's really not a flaw right now with the Suns. So it's crazy to think that, you know, they might need to add a few more things. But I mean, it's going to happen over the course of the season because I feel like they're getting so bored with what they're doing now that they're going oh, to. Oh, I don't want think they're try. getting bored, though. I'm, I'm joking. <laughs> I don't really think, I don't think they're really. I think winning is not boring. This for is fuck no. But it, it's awesome. When, when Clarkson's hitting threes, we got twos. When Clarkson goes on his little runs and they get close, we got twos. It doesn't yeah. matter. The Suns don't give in to whatever. I still don't believe you like my. I get like all rustled up over here. I still do not believe that when a team gets down to really close to taking the lead, maybe two points or so I never, and still am not scared. I know that's what we used to always ask each other at the beginning of the pod. Matthew, were you scared of this? It's it's gone. That is I just gone. No and I don't care. The Suns are matching them with twos. I just know they're doing, they're going to do enough to get the win.
0: Yeah. And again, you know, eight in a row, it's just to see the best backcourt in the NBA execute the way that they do. Uh, it's just, it's fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Looking at some of the chat, you know, a reminder to everybody who's watching along live, hit that thumbs up button, smash it down below, as you say, because I see Suns Geeks hanging out in the chat. Thank you. Yeah, this is only, on? no, only nine turnovers for the Suns. Fire, which is a fact. Did a great job of of uh, holding on to the ball tonight. I think that is one of the things that I thought would be really important. Um, mm-hmm. As I mentioned, for Bright Side of the Sun, I wrote the you know the game preview and the great the game recap. And I should actually read what I wrote on the, the preview just to, oh, you know, yeah,
1: yeah I'm going to, I'm going to Notre Dame is over here, huh? No,
0: is literally the exact opposite. And this is going to play right into what a oh. lot of the jamsters <laughs> are saying in the chat. Uh, so I did say the final score would be 103 to 98. So I was off by mm-hmm. three total points because it was 105 to 97. Um, okay. But I, I said, keys to a son's win. The paint is where the game will be won or lost, but I'm going to go a different route. Landry Shamit. He was brought here to provide an offensive spark for the Phoenix Suns off of the bench. He's supposedly a three-point specialist. There will be plenty of opportunities for him to shine in a game that will not have Cameron Payne, who keeps the Suns offensively afloat when CP3 and Devin Booker are not in the game. Sham at 7.4 points on 37.1% field goal percentage, 35.1% from three, and 84.3% from the free throw line splits just isn't going to cut it. We need more from Landry, especially on nights like tonight. The Suns will go tonight as Landry Shamit goes, which is a scary thought. And then in my prediction, I wrote all Suns signed to a tough game uh, against the Jazz tonight. But the streak stays alive as Landry Shamit reads this piece, realizes it's his time to shine, and scores 21 off the bench. Landry Shamit stat line tonight, Matthew: (laughs) 0 for 1 from the field in 12 minutes. Uh, He did have a rebound. Zero points for Landry Shamit. And you just see, you see it in the chat. Everybody's, you know, Kenneth Payne. Uh shamit sucked again. Fabio, there it is. It's Voida's fault. <laughs> you know, everybody's just talking about different ways to to trade Landry to get rid Land, you know, mm-hmm. uh Ja Messias. I'm going to boo Shamit in warm ups on February first. Oh, you know, mean, Iverson vlogs. I hate Shamit more <clears throat> than I hate my last year of high school. This is all sports oh, It's not personal yeah. stuff. Don't don't feel sorry for fucking Landry Shamit. Fuck him. How about that? okay Jeez. um you know so shamming for tory craig i mean everybody's just roasting him in the chat yeah you know yeah. And, I, and i understand you have you ted typically look at this from the human side and go man i feel bad for the guy he's just trying <clears> to play well and yada yada <clears> i don't give a shit guy this guy's a millionaire okay make a fucking basket do something help this team out right
1: no you're absolutely right <laughs> <laughs> i uh It's okay, man. Just get mad. Fuck him. Well, after last podcast, I was looking forward to a big Shamit game, so I looked brilliant, right? I was all about, hey, the body language looked good. He kept his head up high. He actually just ran back and played defense after missing 10 shots in a row. I was like, this is the best game for Shamit last game I'm referring to. This game, of course, was just totally opposite. He wasn't even there. I mean, only 11, 12 minutes. Um, There's just... um, yeah, that's it. There's not much oh. to say when it comes to Landry. Well, it's funny how we start the pod too, and there's already comments of Landry Shaman. The son's oh, just yeah. one, and there is already con the n- negativity, well, right? I was having this conversation. Who was I talking with today? <laughs> Maybe it was my
0: dad, you know, and uh, yeah, <laughs> oh, because no, I, I, I was talking to him about the Arizona Cardinals, and mm-hmm. you know, I told him, you know, my, my covering the Cardinals is would be very easy because there's a lot of shit to talk about him, right? And people yeah, are drawn to yeah. negativeness. I mean, again, we just beat the Jazz. We're eight games on an eight-game winning streak, the best uh, start in Phoenix Suns history. And here we are just dogging on the one guy who had a shitty game and continues to play shitty all season. But I told him, like, that's, that's what it's like being a Suns fan right now, is that's the topic of conversation because they are playing so well and they execute so well and everybody's playing so well together. So, yeah, like, we're going to, you know, have – the good part of the podcast where we're sitting there and we're, and we're like, Hey, you know, this guy's doing great. Dem Booker, 43 points. You have Chris Paul, uh, 15 points in the fourth,
1: but Landry Shamit, God damn it. You know, uh, he can't get out of his head. And it's kind of like, you know, um, you're, you're dating somebody and you're having a hard time with something in the bedroom or something just never happens. And then you have to break up. You got to move on to a new team. So
0: it's time to either take the Cialis pill or to break up with Landry Shaman. I completely agree with that. You know, um, again, it's yeah. just, I know that big minutes that are going to, he's going to play big minutes at some point for this team. And I want him to, to have that confidence. And Eddie Johnson talked about it again tonight. He's like, when I shot the ball, I would look at the back of the rim. And I knew that if I had the right touch on the ball, if I hit the back of the rim, it would fall into the basket. Everything's front rimmed with Landry Sham. I really wish that Eddie would take the time and go down to the court during pregame warmups or something, or during a son's practice, and, and just literally, literally just give him that advice, because I think it's something he can hear because he is a quality shooter. That's what he's been his whole career. Say, hey, bud, stop aiming aim at the front, aim at the back,
1: mm-hmm. and that
0: little adjustment might do something to. Uh, I
1: don't we, know, always, to we always we always want game Eddie game. to come in and rescue. I remember even like the years before this. I always want Eddie Johnson. Like, why doesn't he just go coach him and tell him this stuff? You know what I mean? Be he
0: on the to court golf too much, guys. man. He wants to be on the course. Yeah. He wants to be on the course. Well, let's let's change gears, okay?
2: Let's get
0: I get yeah, it's time to get positive, okay? We had our little negative. I I always gotta throw a little something out there. Um I will say this again. You you watched the Espn broadcast, right? I did, yeah. Okay. Yeah. What what's your report? Anything I need to know? Uh, to, any well, jackassery?
1: I don't pay attention too much. I think uh Richard Jefferson at halftime did say that uh Devin Booker's already a um, a Hall of Famer, I guess he okay. just randomly Whoa. said that. It's just you know you're watching them; they're on the big screen, um, they're 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 by the big screen on stage, and they're just standing there shooting the shit. It's awkward as hell to watch. It's none of it makes any sense. It goes straight to Ja Morant, how he's cooking on the other side, and like even right after the game, it's about Ja Morant right away because he won. He beat the Spurs tonight, oh, dude. He no led way. he led the way against the Spurs. My guy, the MVP. And then they kind of just skip over Devin Booker, but they do come back to book. It's just kind of awkward and weird. I don't, during the game, I don't pay attention too much to what they're saying. So it just kind of mumbles in the background for me.
0: So I I had a little bit of a moment today, Matthew. I, uh, I'm sure I, did, John, I, I, I was dude. watching the pregame show and the, you know,
1: for what uh, ESPN or?
0: No, 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 for Bally uh, Sports Arizona.
1: Oh. And they had okay. one
0: of my favorite people on there, Skylar yeah. Diggins Smith. Skylar Diggins, yep. So I love the way that she talks about basketball. She's somebody who currently plays basketball, obviously for the Phoenix Mercury. Uh, she went to Notre Dame. You know, I love I love Notre Dame. So I'm just a big fan of Skylar Diggins-Smith and, and I I tweeted it out, I'm like Sky, you know, I I at her. I was like, "Hey, Skylar Diggins-Smith needs to be on the broadcast all the time." She retweeted it.
1: Oh my. John is in <laughs> love everybody. With hey, Shane, i think lissy yeah no she is amazing i think as soon as she came on last year i think it was during the playoffs they put her on yeah i knew she would have a career in it she's just so she's so smooth with it she honestly mm-hmm. has very she's very comfortable in that seat and she does know the hell out of basketball so that's what it comes down to so she retweeted uh, yeah. you yeah she retweeted it
0: that oh yeah man. yeah those retweets some- I'm telling you. Yeah, what did I I tweet something? I was like, uh, Skylar Diggs should be part of every broadcast. I got a retweet from it. So that's positive, right? (laughs) Yeah, that's positive. Okay. Um, What else did you have in your notes from this game, Matthew?
1: Oh, you know what? This is actually very important. I wanted to bring this up. Mm -hmm. I was going to ask you this. Um, Let me just find it. Okay. So I worded it correctly. Is Is Pascal... The cutest player in the NBA until he beats the shit out of you. He is, he's, he's, he's really chubby. He's like that chubby. He's like adorable. I know. He's so adorable running around. He's
0: like kind of like an Ewok, but like a very, very tall version of one.
1: Yeah. And he has like the, he has like the little jersey, little clothes on. And he just tries so hard and he gains some weight. And but then when you get up close, it's like oh shit, he can beat the hell out of you. But from, oh, far, yeah, from, from far, I'm like, dude, this guy's so cute. cute. Yeah, er, er, so I just Pascal, want to ask
0: you that. Eric Pascal, you know, definitely noticed him tonight. He had 11 points, he had five rebounds, uh, he had a steal, and you know, he went seven for nine from the line. So he was the guy who was kind of getting the Suns into foul trouble. Uh, but yeah, you're right. You know, oh, John Carl in the in the chat, Wainwright is much more fluffy. No, and that's a Wayne good that's that, that, that's a good way to put it though. Because because Eric Pascal is kind of fluffy, right? He's fluffy, I feel like Wayne, yeah. Wayne Wright's more like a brick shithouse.
1: house. He he's stout, dude. Wayne yeah. Wright's just like he'll walk right through the wall. Yeah, he will. He won't even care. Yeah, Blaze w- Megatron
0: uh, Pascal uh, is a vicious Care Bear. That's a that's yeah. That's the comment. Right I'm there. just that's saying, the, like that's the. Winner. I don't know
1: if you ever wanted someone to be like your your other person or whatever. You know, Pascal's probably top of the list. <laughs> there you go. Your other person. Uh, your other person your to other, cuddle you're with. Like, It'd probably be him. It's either Skylar Diggins-Smith or Eric Paschal.
0: (laughs) Where have we gone? Uh, WD40 in the chat. Clarkson needs a tattoo that reminds him not to intentionally foul under two minutes. There you go. So for those of you who watched the game, uh, you probably were asking the same thing when the fourth quarter was happening because I felt like the the Jazz, as they made their run to get back into it, they were down by two points. They were really... uh, doing what they wanted and they were getting to the to the hoop and I'm sitting there I'm like when is it going to be the, yeah, yeah. the biz, the biz.
2: Oh
0: my God. I was like where is bismack biombo and then I you know they were talking about the broadcast it's like well it's because they're going to do hack right? a mm-hmm. mac right hack a bismack and uh yeah, they did yeah. that but you can't do that under two minutes and we got a technical battle <laughs> out of it so thank yeah you, yeah jordan clarkson but
1: viambo kind of thought too it's like, all right it's me i'm gonna go free the line you were talking about looking at the back of the rim if you watch Bismack shoot the free throw he like gets underneath and he looks at it from underneath and then he shoots it through it's another that's what ugly he shot. does yeah um and his floater is death his floater and the paint Absolutely. W-
0: once he's inside, like ten feet, because when you shoot it from eleven, it's an air ball. Because he did that with his it's, first one. It's
1: the ugliest thing. It, it kills all the other floaters in the world. I honestly think, though, tonight, and I said the last pod, it's like, how? What do you really want from him, right? I mean, it's gonna. You're gonna have games where you're not gonna get the Bismack. He needs somebody else like the McGee and sticks. Sticks coming back from not even playing. Like you're not gonna get that much from him. You know the way he was playing before. Yeah. Well,
0: I'll tell you this. I posted this uh, on Sun's jam session. Uh, our pod, or I'm sorry, our pod, our uh, our Twitter feed at suds jam. Give us a follow uh, before the game, you
2: know, you know yeah. it, it, it,
0: I was like, okay, Bismack Biombo getting the start tonight, 12.5 points over under on uh, DraftKings. I'm like, that's easy money to hit the over, right? It was a plus 105. He ends with 12.
1: Just one of those floaters throw. had to go in. Just one, one of those, floaters, those. one
0: of those free throws. One of those. Yeah, stars and under. Death you know, and, and I would have hit on that. So <laughs> I had a bunch of money tied down to Bismack tonight. All of it lost. So still good.
1: I mean, it's it's <laughs> fine. What do you want from these guys oh. right now, right? Oh, and just really quick. So remember, we we're talking about the bigs. How it's a good problem to have for the Suns and all this and that. It's funny, like how when when um. When DeAndre didn't, it, when DeAndre Ayton came back, and then you had McGee, they kind of just went back to the normal rotation. You know what I mean? We were freaking out. Who's going to get all the minutes? And it would just go back to normal, the way it was before. So you yeah. can see why, like, you would just go back to the way it was before. You're not going to try to split these minutes down right, right down the middle between all these guys.
0: Yeah, I mean that's what you kind of you thought, but at the same time, like, you know, I, but Monty's done a really good job with his rotation. Oh yeah, I will, yeah. Coach I, I will give year. him credit for that. I hope he gets coach of the year. Who beat, beat him really last year? Who
1: was it? Jason um, Tom
0: Tom Thibodeau in New York. It's like the, the oh fricking, yeah okay. yeah the the freaking Knicks finally went to the playoffs as like a five seed and they got coach of the year. Whereas the Suns, you haven't done shit forever, are the <laughs> number one seed and they're like, oh no, let's uh no, nah, we're not going to do that. We're not going to give yeah. them a chance. So, but again, you know, with all these minutes and these distributions and these weird rotations, you know, at one point in the first quarter, the Phoenix Suns had a lineup out there that uh, had. Alfred Payton, Landry Shamit, Devin Booker, Ish Wainwright, and Jalen Smith, and they were plus five in the first quarter together. Again, Alfred Payton, Landry Shamit, Devin Booker, at the three, Ish Wainwright, and Jalen Smith were on the court at the same time, and it was a productive lineup. The Suns have become a team that, again, it's not about the individuals; it's some of the part, some of the parts, and they've been successful. Again, it's a short stint. You know, I'm over an entire game. That one gets absolutely trashed. That. Uh, that lineup, but still, I mean, seeing them be as successful as they as they have been has really been uh just a a, a credit, I feel, to Monty Williams and how he's gotten this team ready and how this team uh overall meshes well together.
1: Yeah, no complaints. There's never ever a time where I'm like, This lineup sucks. Hey, you missed a timeout there. I do Nothing. when Andrews on the court. Mm.
0: Smack Bismack. You got a lot, you got a lot of really good a uh, Bismack uh, okay. uh, crazy Luigi calls Bismack's blocks, bitch smacks. You know, he, <laughs> had, three blo- he had three
1: blocks. in this yeah. game. You know? Yeah. 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 As,
0: as I was writing the recap, I initially was going to call it a block party because I mean, he was crushing it. Jalen Smith came in. He had two blocks right off the way. Alfred Payton had a block. Bridges got a block. Cam Johnson got a block. They had a total of eight blocks in this game. And I was going to reference it as a block party. But then of course, Devin Booker goes crazy. The team wins their eighth and row and their best start in history. So I had to kind of, Navigate it to that. So that's mm-hmm. uh, that's what I did. What else, yes. did you have? any They're doing other all the dirty work, dude. Did you have any other fun questions about who's cutting? Uh, let me actually see. Jazz? I,
1: I think I had one more question. Um, man, I <laughs> think.
0: Well, while no, you're looking at cool questions, the, the... while you're looking up questions, mm-hmm. um, I'll go ahead and I'll share this to everybody who's watching. Hopefully, you hear it because I'm not sure if this works right.
2: Before you go, I just need one more minute of your time. Being at a basketball game is such a rush. Screaming at the top of your lungs, high-fiving the person next to you, enjoying that last shot by the Suns, there's no better feeling than that instant camaraderie you get with thousands of other Suns fans at a stadium. We at brightsideofthesun.com and the Solar Panel Podcast are proud to give that game time experience to new fans every year. We call it. Brightside Night. We donate game tickets to targeted groups around the valley who've never had a live game experience. Over the past 5 years, that's been underprivileged kids. We've sent over 10,000. This year we're focusing on healthcare heroes and first responders who've put their lives on the line to save others. Now we want to give back to them. Let's thank them with tickets to the February 16th Suns Rockets game. All it costs you is 11 bucks. What you get out of it is not only the satisfaction of helping somebody but also of getting something for yourself. You are either in a raffle at the very least, or you get gifts, you get goods, you get tickets, whatever it is. You make a donation, you also get something out of it. Go to sons.com slash brightside. That's suns.com slash brightside. Brightside's one word. Make your donation now. It only takes a couple of minutes and you're not even going to miss the money. That's one of the proudest accomplishments of my life to do this, and I hope it's going to be one of yours too. That's contributing to Brightside Night is a huge deal. That's Suns.com/slash/Brightside.
0: There you go. So again, Jamsters, if you get a chance, go uh, to Suns.com/slash/Brightside and send somebody to a Suns game. I mean, it's it's a charitable thing to do. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that'd be cool. Uh, shout out real quick uh, in the super chat. Uh, angel just dropped four says, love you guys. Best post game podcast. Thank you. We appreciate that. I was at the game and there were so many Suns and jazz jerseys there. That's a great point. They, they referenced that on the podcast. I don't know if they said on the ESPN or the podcast, the broad, the broadcast. I don't know if they said on the ESPN feed, but they were showing all the Suns fans who were actually at the arena. We know a couple of our, uh, uh, friends, you know, have gone, who we're up there tonight. I know a lot of people that I've seen and t- that I follow on Twitter, uh, there's a huge Suns following up in Utah. And the great thing is when they were cutting to the different, uh, uh, fans that were wearing Suns gear, it wasn't like they were all just wearing Devin Booker jerseys, right? These are people like, there was a lady who had like a Grant Hill Jersey on, uh, there was somebody who had, uh, it almost looked like a Rodney Rogers Jersey. Uh, it, you know, it's either, you know, I mean, that's like number, number 54. 54, huh? Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. It's like, uh, somebody had an old God, 25, who wore 25 back in the Barkley era? Oh, God. Oh, it was. Me. um, it Wasn't Richard Dumas. Oh, somebody in the chat will let us know. But they were oh, wearing true. that that jersey. I mean, you're seeing. And so there's like ingrained Suns fans in Utah. Did you notice on the ESPN feed, could you hear the Suns crowds when the Suns were uh, playing and, and, and uh, you know, being effective on the court?
1: No, I didn't hear any of the Suns fans. I didn't notice that at all. I think I had my mute my mute down. I had the volume down a little bit though tonight. So I didn't notice the jerseys either. I'm sorry. Maybe it was just something you were seeing on your broadcast. Because now that you're talking about it, I had no idea. And when you're talking about the jerseys too, like how many you can go through, how many players for like the past 50 years you can wear? It's it's endless. Like I think Suns are one of the teams that might lead if there's a stat out there showing like how many different players are cool to wear and how far back can you go and how many different kind of jerseys can you wear to these games and you still look awesome like there's a lot it's it's a lot i think the suns will probably lead that right
0: Uh, i don't know about that i mean
1: I mean, like what the Bulls or
0: the Lakers? I mean, the, the Lakers, the, the Celtics. You know, teams I don't like Two necessarily. Players, but but their their history. Yeah, but the Lakers. I mean, you could wear like a Byron Scott jersey, and that's like low key. You know, that's the same kind of. No, thing. I like, know,
1: but I feel like all, there's always like these veterans that come through Phoenix. You know what I mean? Like you said, the Grant Hill one, right? Yes. We always get those veterans at the end of their oh, career, yeah. and it's still cool to wear. I feel like Suns always have that.
0: So WD forty says, I've got I've got a KJ jersey. What? jerseys yeah. do you own that are phoenix suns jerseys matthew
1: i have the uh dot da- the josh jackson one the famous one turned into a dario sarich so now that was the, my... the
0: the the valley or which edition? no no City it
1: was phx yeah the, the PHX, phx ones that's when, when it was black all one. black that was a cool the, jersey. those ones are the ones that need to come back but never will of course no i do have a steve nash jersey the white ones Okay. Uh, that they used to wear. I have a Stefan Marbury, the purple ones nice. that they used to wear. Yeah, and I think I have. I think that's it. Those are actually the only ones I have. Okay,
0: that's uh, pretty sad, right? The chat. No, no, that's that's solid. I mean, you hit all the errors. Oliver Miller, Oliver yeah. Miller, twenty five might be Oliver Miller. It might have been twenty two. Somebody said Danny Ainge here earlier. It might have been twenty two that the lady was wearing, uh, which would be cool. which would make sense because Danny Ainge is uh, from Utah. I think he went to BYU actually. So you definitely have okay. a, a following up there. Uh, when it comes to Suns cool, jerseys, yeah. I have yeah Tom, the Googs the Googs uh, up behind me. I have a white DeAndre Ayton jersey. I have a Valley jersey of Devin Booker. I have a KJ jersey. A that's the uh, is that the black sunburst that I have of that one. I have a Wild West looking. So uh, it was a throwback of Steve Nash yeah i've got i've got a purple or i've got yeah i've got the phx orange steve nash i got a phx orange stoudemire i've got a purple sean marion
1: and i think that's it i think so what'd you grab so i ordered this before the suns played the raptors and the whole thing happened with booker and the raptors so i was on the site to get new clothes yeah. and they had all these basketball i got a sun shirt too it doesn't fit but uh Damn. i ordered this and it's a uh, vince carter vince like, carter just yeah. it's like a tank top but it was like 10 bucks and it doesn't fit me though but it was just funny because i ordered this like right <laughs> like right right before the devin booker raptor and then thing. all that and went down. these are one of the coolest things like and everyone's probably like, "Yeah, why would you wear that to Raptor?" But I mean, it's pretty awesome. It's Vince Carter. I'm probably, probably give it to. I'm probably gonna give it out to uh, nephew Hayden. That's his favorite basketball player is Vince Carter. So really, yeah, yeah, I guess
0: that's right in his age range. Of that dude was just awesome when he was a young kid. Yeah. So, I, I get it. He dunked and such. So, but that is that is a nice classic uh, jersey. Yeah, John Carl Orange Stat Jersey number 32. That's the one I have. I had it before he went like oh, B1 okay. B1 T1 Reach One Number One. Yeah. Uh, He did that whole thing real quick. Can you tell me what's up behind you? Cause that looks fucking dope.
1: Yeah. 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 So this is a painting. Actually it's uh have it up. It's from Joshua underscore, uh, Nito N E T O E underscore nap K N A P P. Um, on Twitter. He actually reached out to me. He showed me the painting. I'm like, Hey, can I just get that, you know, as an actual picture, he was showing me a video of it. So I sent it over. So let me just duck out of the way real quick. Yeah,
0: that's sick. I mean, for those of you who are listening, it says the Valley in kind of a graffiti font. It's got like Phoenix Sun since 1968 on it. It's that is cool, man. Like I would buy that as a painting. If that was on Redbubble, I would buy that. That is freaking cool. So uh, it's awesome, man. Yeah. Shout out to to nap there for that. That's really cool, man. Damn. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, Blaze Megatron just got a new Valley Booker jersey got to like be the only Aussie with one. That's probably true. I hear that. What's interesting is like the hat that I'm wearing, the Valley hat and then mm-hmm. the Valley Jersey, like I bought those the day they first dropped. Yeah. And no, if you go anywhere, if you go to a Suns game, anything, and I'm, we're wearing this hat, cause I know you have the same one. People are always like, Oh, Hey, where'd you get that? It's like, dude, you're not going to find it anywhere. They stopped making them. And the Valley jerseys have been harder than hell to find. And I know that, you know, just sports will restock
1: them and they, they go right away. So, uh, and I went to Just Sports. Um, <clears throat> I went there one day because I was off, and then they had like no suns hats. They got rid of all the suns. They had a yeah. huge selection. Remember, you were there with me maybe a month ago. We went, and they had a ton of. There's gone. There's like four different ones. So, not sure why. Maybe because the uh, NFL playoffs are here. Whatever.
0: I I think that's part of it. I think the fact that the Phoenix Suns are the best team in the NBA, they're just going through them like crazy. I mean, people maybe. are up them. Yeah. So. Uh let's put a bow on this game and and drop this one.
2: Game of the game.
0: Jamsters a reminder to subscribe rate and review all that fun stuff. It's it's Devin Booker, right? Devin Booker. Devin Booker. Too easy. Not even have to don't even have to think about mm-hmm. it. Let's talk about our next game Friday. The Suns are coming home, so this is just a one-game kind of quick little road trip, and they're playing the Timberwolves. It'll be the second time that we've played the Minnesota Timberwolves this season, having beaten them 99-96 to in mid-November. Matthew, this is a fun game to look forward to, right? I mean, the Timberwolves are a team that's playing better than they have in recent years. Uh, We're starting to see the talent that is uh, Anthony Edwards combined with uh, Carl Anthony Towns and somewhat D'Angelo Russell. You know, he, he, he's, he can't play defense worth a lick, but he could still score. But I mean, this team's currently 24 and 23, seventh seed in the Western Conference. Uh, they're better than the Lakers, who are 24 and 24. They have the ninth best points per game. Uh, when you look at offensive rating, they're 18th out of 30, and defensive rating, they're 12th out of 30. A net rating overall of plus one, so 14 out of 30. This is a team that you can't overlook in any way, shape, or form, correct?
1: Yeah, it's kind of like you kind of want DeAndre Aiden to come back, right, for this one versus uh, Carl Anthony Towns. It only makes sense, though, for this team to start picking things up. You can't go through a drought like they've been going through. And with the talent they have, I think Anthony Edwards had 40 points in his last game. Uh, it's actually, there was some, I think it was the play-by-play announcer on the Ryan Rosillo podcast today. I wanted to listen to it because we're playing or right, he, he's a Timberwolves play-by-play announcer. I don't know what I just said before that. And I wanted to listen to it because we're playing the Timberwolves. So I wanted the insight in how they're doing, how the, their chemistry is building, because it's about time. And, I mean, they have good wins, too, against the Portland Trailblazers, the Nets, the Golden State Warriors, the New York Knicks, kind of. I don't know. So it's good to see this, right? I mean, we're, I've I've always been a big Anthony Edwards fan. Last year, I was like, give him the ball, let him do whatever he wants yeah. on the court. Get it's him involved as much <laughs> as you can. Uh. Yeah, I know exactly. So it's gonna be interesting to see that. I know he's a high-flying player, someone that's highly t- tempered. He'll get into the game. He'll get into the he players' cares. faces. He cares a lot, yeah. and he wants to win. So it's he gonna be maybe it's gonna be a closer game than what the Suns have been playing. I feel like, even though these oh, yeah. been pl- this been close games, but close games, I mean, like, hey, Suns are only up by two with five minutes. I'm not gonna go eat some banana bread in the kitchen and think everything's okay. Like the sun's actually had to fight for this one.
0: Well, this is a team that has a lot of healthy players coming in. You know, this isn't the the jazz who two games ago had no regular starters. And in this game returned, you know, four of their regular starters. This is a team that outside of Pat Bev, uh, Oh darn, we might miss Pat Bev. He's day to day with an ankle injury, <laughs> but Anthony Edwards yeah. is leading. This is, is uh, as you mentioned, a high flying, passionate guy. He's averaging 22.7 points per game. Uh, You have Carl Anthony Towns averaging 24.1. And, you know, we remember, wasn't it last year when they both went for like 40 points each against us, you know, and and that Mm -hmm. won the game for them in that game. So uh, D'Angelo Russell's averaging 19.1 behind them. He's shooting 47.8% from the field and 35% from deep on 8.6 attempts. So, I mean, D'Angelo Russell's going to chuck those threes. Uh, You know, Malik Beasley, they got Nas Reed. Uh, Greg Monroe was on this team he, for three games. He's the guy, you know, that, that's where he got his 10-day contract yeah, was up, up yeah. there. But you look at how they are relative to the rest of the league. They make the third most threes per game and they shoot the most threes per game. So they're going to try to beat you on the perimeter. And then you look at their free throw attempts. They're 14th in the league in free throw attempts. So that's not horrible. So this is a team that, you know, definitely has a perimeter game. You also have Carl Anthony Towns who can play interior So they're going to try to beat you in in multiple, multiple different kinds of ways. Uh, There's not a lot of things that are really, I mean, they do have defensive weaknesses. um, But, you know, I really think that this team has uh, is, is a threat to the Suns. It's going to be a fun game. I'll tell you that. Yeah.
1: I think if we get Jay back and we get McGee back, I think this will be a blowout win. I think if DeAndre comes back into the mix, it'd be awesome. But I think he just needs a little bit more time. So it might be a closer game with him coming back. But I think it, the Suns can probably blow him out if they get Jay and McGee back in the lineup.
0: No, I completely agree. Because, again, depth is the key to our success. And this is a team that, you know, although they have, they're have they really top-heavy, uh, I don't know how they look at the back in the end. They're not, they're not the Suns. Nobody is. So Suns win. Sons win baby Sons win there you go um i think that's pretty much it for this one matthew uh mm. you know one thing i did want to bring up so to, to anybody who's watching you know again two years ago we lost kobe bryant uh that was a really shitty day i think we all kind of knew where we were when we heard i think was it you who texted me that it happened Forget how I don't remember.
1: Heck I heck just did. remember I was like in bed in my room like all day. It was such a weird. I day, think you had a dude. migraine that day. I didn't have a migraine. I was just. Then you're just a bitch. I'm just kidding. A I love B.
0: you. Oh, I love geez. you. Um, I know, but yeah. I was going through some of the the Sun's Jam Session archives, and I actually found you know that night I recorded a seven minute podcast that I put on our old. I believe we were the Solar Report podcast back then, and I recorded just a little podcast. You know, just kind of sharing my thoughts on that. And, you know, here we are two years later, uh, so much has happened in these two years, but I thought to kind of end this podcast, I would just play uh, those thoughts that I shared that night. Uh, And, you know, again, Kobe Bryant to me was somebody who I couldn't stand, you know, as, as a competitor, he was a pain in the ass when Raja Bell knocked him on his ass, man, I love that. But I always respected who that guy was and what he stood for and how he did what he did. And that was a very unfortunate day. So, uh, Matthew, are you okay if I if I play this old podcast? Well, now we got to do it, dude. All Let's right, well, do t- it. tell everyone yeah. what they need to do, and then we'll play this. All right, go home and love your family. There you go. We love you, Jamsters. Uh, this is an old podcast. It's two years ago today. The episode uh, is it's, it's an emotional one. I'm rolling solo on this one. Uh, Matthew Paul Lissy isn't uh, in the studio with me, so I'm sure that we'll get his thoughts on uh, everything during the next weekly recap but you know today in uh, Calabasas, California we lost nine people in a helicopter crash Uh, it's less than eight miles actually from the last place I lived in California in Canoga Park and you know among those who perished was former Los Angeles Laker legend and son's nemesis uh, Kobe Bryant. I gotta say this is one of the saddest days in sports history you know going back and just trying to find a a day that was so shocking and I felt like this, it's, I can't think of one, you know, maybe Princess Diana in like 97, I was probably about 15, and the way that that kind of hit me, hit me uh, emotionally, and that was a tough day, and you know, when you think of Kobe, it's its surreal, it's, it's unreal, I think that we all deal with grief in our own way, and you know, one of the ways I guess I'm dealing with it is just kind of taking a few moments out and talking on the pod and paying my respects to the Black Mamba for everything that he was not only as a basketball player, but as a human being. I mean, I remember when Jose Fernandez died in a boating accident a few a couple years ago, you know, former uh, pitcher for the Miami Marlins and that one was kind of tough too just because you know it brings humanity to sports when these kind of things happen. And, you know, note in disrespect to Jose Fernandez and, and the people that he perished with, but, you know, Kobe was, uh, he, he was different. You say Kobe, it meant one thing. It meant greatness. You know, you, you say the word Kobe, you know exactly who you're talking about. You know, he was the one word icon for NBA basketball. So speaking of basketball, you know, it's it's just a game, but it's done so much for so many. Uh, you know, those who play the game and those who just love the game, and that's one thing that we do on the Solar Report podcast is we get together and we just talk basketball, and that's the beauty of this sport and and where Kobe shined and really made a name for himself. And Kobe, Kobe loved the game; he was beyond dedicated to it. You know, he was the ultimate competitor. His work ethic was world renowned getting up and and being at the gym, you know, inviting guys to the, Hey, I'll see you uh, at the gym at four o'clock. And they show up at 4 PM and he's, he's like, Oh no, I'm at 4 AM. I mean, that was, that was Kobe Bryant, you know? And, and then hearing that his daughter perished with him, uh, it only compounds the sorrow of the events of today. You know, you want so much to, to protect your kids and to make sure that they're safe and, and that they can reach their potential in life and, you know that's what that's what he was doing he was going to a basketball game for his daughter he was bringing her with her, or he was taking her to a game and you know unfortunately, you know something went wrong and and uh, you know I feel, I feel bad for kobe's family and and his wife because you know not only did she lose kobe but she lost a daughter too so you know again the humanity when these tragic events happen really kind of I, it it brings it all all the bickering and and all the bullshit you you put aside because at the end of the day, we're fragile human beings and to lose somebody close to you is devastating and when it comes to people like Kobe Bryant and people, you know, I've never met him. He had no idea who I was but he affected me and, and, and affected so many people around the world. You know, it just, it hurts. As a Suns fan, Kobe was the enemy, you know, but he was the enemy that you had admiration and respect for you loved his game, and you hated that it was at your team's expense. You know, I can't tell you how many times we went up against the Black Mamba, whether it be regular season or the playoffs, and, you know, you just you couldn't stand Kobe. You know, the Raja Bell thing, you know, that was a moment that was cheered for, not because we didn't like Kobe Bryant as a human being, because we respected him so much, and we wanted him to not perform because we didn't want him to beat us. You know, I think what was crazy about all this is the timing of it all. You know, last night, LeBron James passed Kobe for the third all-time on the NBA scorers list. Kobe, who's now in fourth, scored 33,643 career points. And almost 2,000 of those points came at the expense of the Phoenix Suns. So, you know, to say that we knew Kobe intimately as fans from a competitive standpoint uh, would be spot on. This, the Suns played tonight, uh, which Matthew and I will Recapping our week 15 recap, which will come out next weekend. And, and it was tough. You know, seeing those players out there, everybody's hurting right now. You know, Kobe has such an effect on the game and these players. I mean, the guys who out on the court tonight, those are the guys who grew up watching Kobe. Kobe started playing in 1996. A lot of these guys were, you know, not even born yet. So they grew up always having Kobe in their life. And it was very melancholy watching Players take uh, the 24 second shot clock violation to start the game, and then the Suns take the eight second uh, backcourt violation to kind of honor Kobe. 24 for his latter number in his career, and eight for the number he wore at the beginning of his career. I mean, it was it's something that you know it brought tears to my eyes, just as it did Devin Booker. I mean, he was out there, teary eyed, and 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 having a hard time trying to play a game, just a simple game. You know, when when events like what happened in California today uh, happened, you know, and and Booker responded, you know, he scored. He went for 36 and did what he could. And, you know, that's what you expect for someone who idolized Kobe the way that Devin Booker did. You know, the events that happened today are just absolutely devastating for all the families affected in the crash. You know, I feel bad for the people who aren't going to get as much publicized recognition for what happened, you know, because they have. Fans and they were mothers and fathers and sons and brothers and sisters and you know Kobe will dominate the headlines, but there's a lot of other people that we have to think about too. You know, there's Kobe and his daughter and seven other people perish today, so you know keep them in your thoughts and prayers and and I'm just gonna do a moment of silence for all of them right now. You know. The NBA community, the world we lost a legend way too young today. We lost a champion. We lost nine human beings. We lost a role model. We lost somebody to pattern your yourself after. We lost Kobe. This one's for you, Kobe Bryant.